0: Stephen L. Sears learns from the past and looks to the future to take him wherever it may go
1: and I've, I've not looked back I don't, I'm not wired for regret if I've made mistakes my choices are to fix them and if I can't fix them, to learn from them, but leave them in the past. So yeah, I've always had that particular attitude. Now there were there were certain things about myself that I realized along the way, uh, which were relatively small issues to deal with. For example, when I when I first did get the job at Cannell, when Bert and I were working there, I went through a thing uh, which a lot of people go through called the imposter phenomena. And basically, the po- imposter phenomena is that I'm a total fake and they'll realize it any day now. Mm -hmm. So don't fall in love with this. Do not, do not get too accustomed because any minute they're going to figure out you're a fraud. So the first two years of my career, I was consent, just convinced this was a fluke and I was afraid to leave my office. So I was there every day. And, you know, Cannell was one of the few studios that actually offered a yearly contract. Usually you're just assigned to the show for the run of the show. But this was a 52-week contract. And even during hiatus, when we were not shooting anything and there was nobody else in the office except support personnel, I was in that office because I was worried that if I wasn't in the office, somebody would realize I was not necessary. Now, after two years, though, I remember the moment I was sitting there and I had a stack of scripts in front of me from from, free, from freelancers who were submitting. And I thought it was interesting that the stack of script ex- was representative of what I did. And I was reading through it through the material there and and that's when i realized this will sound arrogant but it is absolutely true for everybody who works in the business i started to realize why i was there because not all of that material even with the passion that people were putting in there not all of it was of the quality that would get you hired that's just statistics and i began to realize you know this is something that i can do this is something that they think i can do and in fact They've been paying me a lot of money because they think that. And I remember putting my hand on that stack of uh, scripts and I said, I am a writer. This is absolutely me. And this is not going to change. And at that moment, it was like a liberation. But for the first two years, that was just the self-doubt. And part of it was also the fear of actually being happy. Could I actually have achieved finding like what I'd be doing the rest of my life? And it actually made me happy. That's a weird thing.
0: Well, on that note, I'm going to ask you one more question. Which I is, do, I
1: do. I've been waiting for it. Oh, thank you, Mark. <laughs> Are you on a knee? You've got to be on a knee.
0: I got to be honest. I like being single. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know what? I got to tell you, everybody else likes you being single. But I go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you one more one more question. Yes, sir. You've been through so many beginnings, uh, as we talked about. If everything goes according to plan, what do you see as the next beginning? Um,
1: you know, this goes right to the core of uh, of a running gag that Jessica and I have about me. Um, and it's basically this, if I ever if I ever wrote my autobiography, what would the title be? Um, first of all, not that I will, and secondly, even if I did, not that anybody would know or care. But what would the title? What would it sum up? And the title I came up with, uh, I come up with a few titles that kind of danced around this. But the title we agreed was most accurate was, well, I didn't see that coming. And I've always described my career as being more like I was backing through life and experiencing things without looking for the next place to go. I have a huge wanderlust with life. So if I'm walking along a particular path, I have no fear about running off the path because I see a little flashy object that interests me. And when I get there to play with that flashy object, I realize that object has a path of its own. And I follow that for a while, then I fly over to the other one. So I can't tell you what that next stage is going to be. I don't know yet, because I haven't gotten there yet. But I do know that one of the blessings I have was that I never had blinders. I never focused so much on a goal that I forgot that the journey can change along the way. That's how I ended up here. If I had been so focused on that Academy Award for acting, then I would have ignored everything else and I would not be where I am today and I would have not had the happiness that I had. And the interesting thing, and maybe this kind of caps it up because we started with the Richard Dreyfuss thing, uh, I eventually had a chance to talk to Richard Dreyfuss about that. And it was at a comic con, and I heard that he was going to be. I'd seen him like in restaurants and things, and I never walked up and talked to him. Um, but I saw he was going to be at a comic con, and he was going to be signing things. And I was the friend I was with. Um, I, I told her, I said, "Look, let's let's go by there." And I don't know the man, but if he's you know if he's being rude to his fans, I really don't want to deal with him. But otherwise, I'd like to say something to him. So we went back by there and he was great. He was like being gracious and talking to people and very friendly. So we got in line and we moved up toward the front and I got there and I I brought my little goodbye girl DVD for him to sign. And so when I got up there, I told him who I was. I told him that I was a writer and producer. And I mentioned a few of my shows and I mentioned Xena and he, he complimented Zena. He said that, he said, that was a really wonderful show. That was important to people, which I was like honored to hear that. And then I told him that story about how that goodbye girl movie changed my life. And I told him about me being there. And I told him about that thought that I had, which was, you know, uh, only special people get that award. And I told him, I said, and I realized right then, if you had thought that way, you never would have gotten near it and he looked at me and he said never even occurred to me that i couldn't i went yeah that's the point because that was already in his heart his passion that was going to be the ultimate result he didn't have to think about getting the award he just allowed it to pull him his passion pulled him along and took him in that direction and that's what happened to me so i don't know what the next step is i just know um Somebody recently on Facebook asked the question to this, to all the people on there. um, If you had to do it all over again, what would you do? And people were posting, I would have made this choice. I would have married this one. And my response was, I would do it all over again. Because I kind of like where I
0: ended up. (laughs) I think we all like where Steve ended up. I would like to thank my guest, Stephen L. Sears, author, producer, writer, Bon vivant. And if you enjoyed this interview, keep checking back to this website, or better yet, go to the contact page and sign up for email notifications, or go to SoundCloud and subscribe so that you will be notified when there is another interview with another guest. One will be coming soon. I thank all my listeners. And I hope you'll come back for the next episode of Beginnings.